Hi, and welcome to the Calm Birth Conversation podcast. This is Karen McClay, and I will be having lots of wonderful conversations with experts and parents around pregnancy, birth, and parenting, with the aim to help you to make informed choices and decisions around your own journey into parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Calm Birth, Australia's leading childbirth education program. Hi everyone, I'm Karen McClay, Director of Calm Birth, and welcome once again to our podcast, our Calm Birth Conversations. And today I'm speaking with Rachel Bridge, who is a psychologist down in the Illawarra, who has a passion for perinatal mental health and really helping families and couples transition into parenthood in an emotionally safe way. And today we thought it would be a really great idea to have a chat about how couples can create a safe, calm, private environment in that fourth trimester. At Calm Birth, we're very much about creating that safe, calm, private environment in through labor and birth and pregnancy, but we've really got to now pay attention also to this fourth trimester, which is a really, really important time. So we're going to have a great conversation about this and how you as a couple can really prepare and get your family on board to help support you in this time. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Karen. It's so lovely to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have you. Um, So would you like to just introduce yourself to everyone and and talk about what you do and why you do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, as you mentioned, Karen, I am a perinatal child and family psychologist and I practice from um, my own clinic down in the Illawarra. so I've been practicing now for 10 and a little bit years, I think. <laughs> um, and I've always had a big heart passion for working with children and families. Um, I started working in a perinatal mental health team actually just before I fell pregnant with my first little one who is six in just a couple of months. Um, and that really sparked I guess, ignited my passion for perinatal mental health. Um, And then I experienced my own journey with my first little one. And that, um, I guess, added fuel to the fire. It really, for me, was a big awakening around the importance of parents getting support through, through that change and through that journey. And I, um, I also started writing at that point. Um, So I started writing for an online magazine called Wonderful Mama um, and started my own little blog and that was after Addie had arrived. Um, And for me, that was kind of my way of processing and expressing parts of of my mothering journey. And I remember the very first blog piece I wrote was titled I Thought I Knew. And to this day, I still um, reflect back on that because it was really, you know, even as a mental health professional who had walked through mothering journey or that postnatal period with other parents before um, and seen some of the challenges that can arise and the things that may be helpful and the things that may be unhelpful, um, actually experiencing that for myself was a whole a whole new world. So I'm practicing, I'm still writing, I write for a couple of magazines, Um, I'm publishing my own children's book 
um, and I'm actually in the process of trying to develop a little hub centre in the Illawarra for parents in that um, phase of life, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And and I know the work that you do because you also write for us. Yes. You're our resident um, psychologist, which is really awesome. Um, and so I guess with that passion that you have, why mm. do you think it is really important for couples to create that safe, calm, private environment in that mm. postnatal period, which is sort of that fourth trimester? Why Why mm. is that so important? Why do you think up to now we uh, haven't pla- placed enough emphasis on this time? Mm. I think, um, I mean, I could spend a, a lot of time talking about, you know, the societal shifts and the cultural shifts that we have moved through. Um, things like feminism, there's lots of things that come into play when we look at how we honour parenthood and how we honour motherhood. Um, and I think with some of those societal and cultural shifts, unfortunately, it's left us in a bit of a place where we are a society who is very individualised, you know, we really celebrate um, success and independence in that success, um, which has taken away the village that is required to raise babies and to do so in an emotionally safe and nurtured way. Um, So I think there's a, a really big need for, Um, open conversation about you know what is postpartum what is the fourth trimester um, what emotional changes and adjustments do parents go through both mum and dad when they become a parent and how can their support system and the culture around that support system really create a foundation where they're going to thrive and not struggle that's right. And and when we look at this postpartum period, mm. whereas we're now sort of calling it that fourth trimester, it's really that sort of first six weeks really of that baby being born or, or some cultures will talk about it as the first 40 days. Mm. And so really looking at that time and understanding and for couples to understand that this is a time of settling in. It's also a time for the mama to be recovering mm. as well. She's gone from being you know heavily pregnant to going through labor and birth and Mm -hmm. to now no longer being pregnant but now supporting and and potentially breastfeeding these babies there's an Mm. enormous amount from a physical sense that a woman is going through but she's also processing that labor and birth as well Mm. and depending on how that when it depends on how that processing is going to look um and and then it's really about learning what their new roles are and learning Mm. their baby and learning that language of their baby Mm. and and where they're at as parents so it's a a time Mm. where they they really i like to create sort of talk about it as creating a womb-like environment around the whole family not just the baby so that those those parents can really settle in to to that time um would you agree with that would you what what are your thoughts on on that as you were talking earlier that language of that that postpartum period absolutely i think when we have a language around an experience it gives us 
firstly space to talk about it, but most importantly, it gives acknowledgement to its mm-hmm. existence. Um, and with acknowledgement of existence, then comes, um, you know, increased likelihood to share experiences with others, to seek help, um, to seek the support that's needed for everyone journeying through that. And um, stepping into parenthood is such a shift in every aspect of self. You know, um, Dr. Oscar talks about the changes in a mum's brain, you know, the shape of the brain, the size of certain parts of her brain. So it's, you know, a shift in a parent's biology. It's a shift in their hormones. It's a shift in their you know, identity and their values in their relationships, in their roles in the world. So it's really um, such a space of immense change. And we know from a psychological perspective, when we're journeying through change, it can be stressful. You know, we experience gains when we go through change, which are lovely and positive. Um, But we also experience a sense of loss in lots of ways. And with loss comes grief and stress and um, parents are moving through that. And at the same time, like you mentioned, so lovely, Karen, at the same time as moving through all of that change within self, they've also got this beautiful little being that they're getting to know and learning about and, you know, navigating how to do the parenting stuff. Yeah, that's right. It, it is such a significant time of, ta- of change and just settling mm. in. And I guess, as you were saying too, redefining their roles, um, mm. not just as parents, but within their relationship, there's an enormous change up that happens in that relationship. So I guess in creating that safe, calm, private environment, it's also about mm. creating realistic expectations of this time yes. as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. So often when we're... Um, supporting parents who have um you know say been referred for psychological support in the postnatal period um one of the big triggers for emotional difficulty in that period of time is unmet expectations Mm -hmm. and um i think everyone heading into parenthood has their own set of expectations about how it's going to go and that could relate to Um, how they feel the labour is going to go, which is where Kamba does such a beautiful job of preparing families for that. Um, But also in that postnatal period, you know, expectations around things like breastfeeding or things like how it's going to feel to be a mum or um, how it's going to feel within a partnership to be parents. And often, you know, because of our own value system, our own upbringing and then all the messages we receive from the world around us, um, we are often faced with the reality where our expectations aren't quite met and that can really bring up some emotional difficulties for parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, that other big thing is sleep. Like that, mm. you know, creating realistic expectations around sleep is huge. And unfortunately, there's a lot of books and a lot of advice out there 
that mm. that doesn't set realistic expectations for parents. So it's about getting that right information, isn't it? So Absolutely. how do they prepare? Where, where do they start? Like as far mm. as I'm concerned, they should be starting in their pregnancy, having lots yeah. of conversations about yeah. this and what it's going to look like for them. What yeah. sort of things are going to be really important for them to consider because i know one of the conversations that we hear a lot and what people tend to be tend to be focused on is changing nappies wrapping babies and bathing babies and how am i going to get my sleep and i always talk to to couples to say those those things are simple they're easy mm. you'll be taught by the midwives in the hospital what you need to be focusing on is what what all the rest of the stuff you know and, and what we've been talking about settling in and what it's going to be like and creating mm. those realistic expectations and mm. and working out ways to support each other but also ways that they can be supported as a team by their village around them so so where do mm. they start rachel what would your advice be to to couples there yeah um I just want to jump in and say that I think you raise such an important point. And in my program, um, Stepping Into Parenthood, one of the first little sections that I jump into is defining the difference between parenting and parenthood. So we kind of look at parenting as the the mothercraft stuff. So the wrapping and the feeding and the settling and, um, you know, learning to give solids and all that kind of stuff. And then we define parenthood as the journey that the parent moves through as they transition in and through parenthood and that's not singular there's multiple transitions that happen so I think you've raised a really important point um, which highlights a gap that needs to be spoken about and I think you know the first thing is discussion and language around it so identifying it as an area that needs preparation it needs um value and honoring and time spent talking about it and preparing for it um, I think for couples if they're able in pregnancy to talk through different things like okay well when I get stressed this is kind of how I respond and how I manage it when you get stressed this is how you respond and how you manage it and really talking through how they support one another through stressful periods um, because becoming a parent can be stressful it's new and it's tiring and there's lots going on so if there's open discussion between the partnership around how they're going to manage things when stress comes up that's really helpful um, if they're able to have open discussion about things like um, you know difficult feelings like disappointment or um, uncertainty or anxiety and how they're going to make space in their relationship to talk through some of those things um, and then I think agreeing on how they would like to see their postpartum period you know that fourth trimester what what's important to them um, is it kind of cocooning is it in as a family um, for a couple of weeks or is it having some of their nearest and dearest, you know, come in. And I think learning to, which is, it sounds simple, but actually seeking help from others is a really big and difficult thing for so many people. And 
I think we kind of enter into parenthood with this assumption that we should be able to do it on our own and mm. that um, help isn't needed. So really talking through what kind of support they think would be helpful in that postpartum period and how they're actually going to seek that support. Because when we're feeling vulnerable and shaky within ourselves, reaching out for help is really hard. Um, and there's big new feelings as you step into parenthood around um, guilt and being good enough and those feelings can really step in as a bit of a barrier to seeking help so really talking through um, how they're going to seek help from other people what that's going to look like yeah absolutely and and even the conversations of recognizing it before those emotions get too big and they've already reached out early mm. rather than leaving it to later as well so absolutely. it's about really building that village isn't it and absolutely. i know there's that old saying where it says it takes a village to raise a child but i really feel that it it's more that it takes a village to support parents to raise their children um, is how it is so so going around and, and getting those support networks is really important and even doing like having practical conversations with them, you know, mm. I mean, potentially laying down boundaries with some family members and what that's going to look like with them as well. Mm. Um, you know, how do that having conversations with their families of how they can see them supporting them in this time, what their wishes are mm. is, is really important. And some of those conversations can be a little bit difficult when mm. family members have got a very set idea of how they feel that they should be helping the couple. It's important for that couple to really work out what that, that support is going to look like for them and have that mm. conversation around it beforehand and lay down boundaries if that's what they're going to need to be able Absolutely. to do. But it can be getting practical things too. Like, you know, I always talk about with couples, if they haven't had their baby showers yet, thinking about instead of getting mobiles and bond suits, get things like Uber Eats vouchers and... Yes. You know, yeah. um, get a group of people to put in to get a house cleaner for, for a month or six weeks or two months exactly. even. Someone to mow their lawn if that's what they need. So it's it's about setting, you know, getting getting the run-of-the-mill stuff sorted so that mm. they don't have to worry about that and all they have to do is nest in. Absolutely. Um, and I think you touched on briefly before, you know, there's still many cultures around the world who kind of cocoon the mum and the baby in um, a little safe space where they have the time just to rest mm. and recover and get to know one another and there's no expectation on the mum and sometimes the dad on meeting any of the other needs like preparing food or the running of the house or the taking care of the other children. You know, that's where the village really sweeps in so I think you know absolutely you've raised a really helpful point I think you know yes our culture does leave us in a tricky spot when it comes to um, an absence of a village but it also offers some really kind of cool and accessible modern um, ways of pulling in that support like meal delivery or washing service if it's affordable um, and asking family members and friends to step in in kind of more practical ways so that you can honour that time to rest, recover and take care of self and baby. 
Yeah, that's right. I and it's it's really incredibly important. And I also talk about them having a conversation to say, you know, who does most of the cooking in the house at the moment? Mm. And if, it, if it does happen to be to be the, the the birthing mother, then perhaps then the partner can start to take over a bit more of the cooking now and start to learn yes. if they if that's what they need to do, different dishes, yes. and maybe they can do big cook ups together and put stuff in the freezer and you know mm. all of that sort of stuff. Starting to look at what their practical roles are within mm. because when they're sorted and that's and that's no longer a sense of stress then the other important stuff that need, really needs the focus is able to be there, which is the bonding of a baby, yeah. the re recovery. So mum needs lots of rest and mm. it's, it's a different, it looks different too once you're a parent. Like it's not a 10-hour sleep, a, a mm. night sleep. It's now broken sleep. But, you know, you have lots of pyjama days and understand mm. that babies are nocturnal so they feed mostly at night and in those initial week or so. Yeah. So really being in bed most of the day with the with the partner taking over the parent crafting mm. um, during the day, those sort of things, having that conversation Absolutely. around that is is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. And I think that really links back to our um, earlier chat around expectations. You know, I think um, having realistic expectations like those pyjama days and those days where laying in bed and feeding and resting and eating and feeding and resting and eating is normal and expected and really, really healthy for both mum and baby um, is the conversations that we need to be having because I think, you know, that's different to the expectations that many mums take into motherhood where it's, you know, you bring the baby home and then you're out, you know, walking and shopping and coffeeing with friends and kind of um, not honouring that time of rest and repair and um, those early days of attachment with baby, which are so very important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and things like baby wearing is, is not just mm. only good for baby and that attachment, but it's also really good for mums and partners and, and their, mm. their sense of stress. It releases their sense of stress as well, that skin to skin mm. and that beautiful oxytocin that we're yes. so, so big on income. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, it is, it's very much creating that realistic expectation, mm. but it's not just also around the realistic expectation of meeting baby's needs, but the realistic expectation of their own relationship as well, mm. because there's a lot of change that occurs in those dynamics. And, you know, mm. often they're both tired, so they can get a little bit more snappy with each other and mm. being able to recognize when one partner is tired and, and going off and, and, you know, taking the baby for a walk while that partner mm. is having that rest or, or giving them time out, however that will be. And that's both partners and having that conversation. I always say have a date night right from the word go. You know, you don't have to go anywhere, but it's a specific time each week that you sit down and have a conversation with each other and check in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other things to set realistic expectations around with their relationship are things like sex and mm. when that starts and what's that going to look like. You know, um, yeah. it's it's not going to be around for the first couple of months at mm. all. So it's about creating that realistic expectation and understanding how each of each of the the couple's needs can be met in that mm. space 
um, while still sort of protecting that space for each other as well. Does that make sense? It really does. And there's a little section in my Stepping Into Parenthood workshop where um, we talk about the adjustment in relationships and um, having an open discussion with your partner about, you know, this thing that some of us have heard called love languages, you know, how how do we show care and appreciation and nurturing of our partner's needs? Because that can often be different. And before parenthood, I guess there's, you know, more time and opportunity to have those needs met without really thinking too much about it. Mm. Um, But when there's a new baby in the family and things are shifting and changing, our needs get higher um, and our capacity to meet other people's needs tend to come down a little bit. So, really having an open conversation about okay well I really love it when you know you give me a big hug or we sit close together on the couch and the other person might say well I really feel cared for when you step in and and do the washing up or do the washing you know so we all have different ways of feeling taken cared of and knowing that about our partner is really important yeah, absolutely. And I guess too, we need to talk a lot about the partners as well, because, you mm. know, this time is is incredibly important for the mother to be mothered and nurtured. Mm. Um, yes. but, but in that space, in order to do that, sometimes the partners can feel um, left out, that there's a sense mm. of loss that they experience as well, because there is a change in the dynamic. They're no longer mm. the, the complete focus of, of mm. their partner anymore. And, and there can be a, a bit of a disconnect that occurs there, but there's mm. a lot that they can do. Each of them can do number one, the, the birthing mother can be recognizing this going into mm. it and, and being mindful of it. Um, but the partner can also ensure that they're included in the space as well, rather than sitting back and, and thinking that they don't have a role to play in, in this. And again, yeah. it comes back to what we teach in Calm Birth. You know, it's amazing the amount of partners that that come into to the Calm Birth program thinking that they're really just bystanders. And mm. by the time that they finish our program, they realize they've got an incredibly important role mm. and they're very much part of the team. And that so role extends into that postpartum well into parenting like they're the only Mm. thing i say the only thing that partners can't do is breastfeed and even Mm. some of them can do that if they're you know if (laughs) if, if there's partners but it's um and rainbow families but it's about but but that's the only thing that they can't do they can bark Mm. baby they can settle baby you know they can change nappies they can go for walks and do all of that Mm. and still be very much part of that space and again it's their role to create that that womb-like safe calm private environment around mama and baby as well so that they can recover repair and bond Mm. establish feeding all of that sort of stuff absolutely um i think that links straight back to expectations too and talking through Um, you know, the postpartum period and the fourth trimester and absolutely highlighting the importance of the other partner's role. Mm. Um, And I think one of the big misconceptions is that the other partner who hasn't birthed the baby doesn't really have a a role in baby's world Mm. for a period of time, but it's so far from the truth. You know, there's so many wonderful things that they can be doing to bond with the baby and to, like you said, step in and 
nurture the mum, you know, mother the mother. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, too, they also have that that time where they have to go back to work as well. Mm. So they may not get that full time with mum and baby. And that can be mm. really hard for men as well, particularly when they've been very connected into that space. There is that yeah. that sense of loss. I mean, m- mothers go through it when they return to work and, mm. you know, partners and fathers experience that in that even earlier than what the mothers do because they've got to yeah. go and at times they can then feel again that disconnect. So working out exactly. ways that when they come home from work, what what's their role and how do mm. they get involved and how do they reconnect into that space? Yeah. once they get home as well yeah. yeah and having I think you know the the communication or the open communication around those experiences and how that may raise tricky feelings for both partners you know some mums I've worked with have a sense of resentment that the you know the other partner just gets to kind of leave and go to work and then come back um, and they kind of get to step back into their um free baby self I guess you could say Um, and then for the partner who's actually leaving the home there can be a real sense of grief and separation anxiety and a pull to be there but um, you know again a sense of resentment about having to be away so really making space and safety for conversations about tricky emotions is so important because if we're talking it through and it's um open between the partnership then they can find a way forward but if we kind of let it sit and let it fester that's when it can start to become tricky and that's when it can really start to um, build a disconnect between the partnership yeah so it's it's really creating a sense of awareness in not only what they themselves are going through and feeling but also being able to put themselves in the shoes of their partner as well and and recognizing that both have their own struggles um and and it's about working with each of those and working through them together and supporting each other during that time as well is incredibly important and then going out and getting help like you know having that family support around having friends that you can talk to um getting involved with parent groups and Mm. creating that village and 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 going out eventually when it's time to move out of that womb into into the world surrounding yourself with people who are at the same stage in your life so you don't realize Mm. that the difficulties you might be having everyone else is more than likely going through the same thing um, as well so it's really it's really uh, yeah continuing to create that village and I think Mm. those sort of things are important to do during pregnancy as well um, Mm. to even look in your community what's available to you in your community once you're once you are parents you know Mm. are there are there play groups to go to you know when can you start swimming lessons um are there exercise groups that you can go to are there partner groups all of that sort of stuff is important to investigate check out the early childhood nurses in the clinic and what are they there for you and then that way when you're going into when they do transition into parenthood they know that all of this is around them rather than Mm. them sitting feeling oh my god i don't know what's out there how do i get supported yeah they 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 know that all of this is already around them Mm. and available to them if or or when they need it absolutely and i think also um 
in pregnancy, really helpful to think about times where you have experienced change before or experienced stress and how you have responded or coped to that, coped with that situation and um, maybe thinking about new skills that you could explore or develop in preparation for management of some of those trickier spaces of um, parenthood. You know, maybe it's... Um, looking at self-care and how that might look different or maybe it's learning um, a breathing technique or mindfulness or, um, you know, it could be many things but really reflecting on how have I coped with change before, you know? Did I cope with it quite resiliently or did I get really stuck and it felt really scary and looking at kind of that self-development too in preparation for a really significant, beautiful but overwhelming period of change yeah absolutely and every period of change has got its ups and its downs Mm. you know as you said there's an enormous amount of growth that comes when we go into a period of changes as I say you Mm. know when we move into our our challenge zone that's where we we discover how incredible and amazing we are as individuals but when we do it together as a team how incredible we are as a team Mm. but whenever we're in our challenge zone we do get challenged at times and we do Mm. get wobbly at times and that's okay that's Mm. absolutely fine and there is nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying whoa I need a bit of a hand here you know exactly. that that shows for me that shows strength because mm. you've got to look after yourself in order to be able to be the best parent that you can be or as mm. I like to say the parent that your child needs you to be yes. um, is really important and also becoming mm. the partner that your partner needs you to be that's another mm. thing that I like to talk about and I got that concept from a great guy called Tim O'Leary who's a social mm. worker down in and counsellor down in Melbourne. And mm. he always talks about becoming the parent that you need to be. But I, I think it's so much more. It's also learning to be the partner that your partner needs you to be. So yeah. as you said before, what's your partner's love language? You know, yeah. how, how do you communicate with him or her at mm. that level um, mm. more so? And what's your love language? And, and, and talking about that to your partner, as you said, having those wonderful conversations yeah absolutely so it's all about communication really is what we've been talking about yeah, that's that right the c word communicate yes Keep yeah lines of communication out and also mm. setting realistic expectations and there's lots of help out there i love ellie taylor's book um mm. becoming us that's that's give you gives couples a, a wonderful a scaffold to work with um, in the changing dynamics mm. of their relationship. So really helping them to thrive and support each other in the, in the early mm. stage. And that's a really good book. So that's Becoming Us mm. by Ellie Taylor. That can be a good starting point mm. from that point of view. So I guess what, what would be your final words of advice, mm. Rachel, for couples who are starting to move into this period so that they can really set themselves up well mm. to thrive in that space? I think for me, acknowledgement mm. of the postpartum period, because with acknowledgement of the changes that we may be facing um, and the value of those changes, I think it really opens up a space for acceptance, a space for seeking support when it's needed. Um, so I think just the acknowledgement and starting to talk about it is a really significant first step um, and really 
checking in with, you know, what expectations am I, am I taking into parenthood? Um, and how can I kind of hold them lightly with the understanding that it may look different, it may feel different? Um, and talking with others too, you know, sharing experiences, connecting over the experiences, um, having really honest conversations, I think is a very powerful space. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Totally and completely agree. That, that mm. communication and expectations is is just so important. So mm. thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty more conversations that we're going to have around yes. this time and <laughs> how we can help couples transition through this. Maybe perhaps we could even chat about love languages next time. That would be a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> All right then, Rachel, you take care and I will chat to you later. Thanks for having me, Karen. Always a pleasure.